Welcome to Ayurvedic Healing and Beyond podcast. I am Dr. Vignesh Devraj, an Ayurvedic doctor and a holistic health coach. Each week we share wisdom or interview an inspiring personality to guide you become your healthiest self. Remember, your health is your greatest asset. If you are interested in doing an one-on-one online Ayurvedic consultation to enhance the quality of your health, please check the show notes of this podcast or visit vigneshdevraj.com in the consultation we will discuss the steps to integrate ayurveda in becoming your healthiest version be it with food ayurvedic herbal preparations lifestyle changes and also personalized meditations what makes ayurveda unique in its healing approach is its practical wisdom on the concept of vata Vata is responsible for prana the life energy Vata is responsible for the nervous system which is the master control panel of our body and our emotions Hence in Ayurveda it is mentioned when you balance the Vata you balance your life and the art of healing is actually the art of balancing Vata With over 15 years of my Ayurvedic medical practice I have encapsulated my experiential wisdom on what it takes to balance the vata for a modern lifestyle and designed a course called balancing the mighty vata this course is filled with practical inputs that can be easily integrated into your lifestyle please check the show notes of this podcast to get access for this content or do visit drvignesh.teachable.com if you are a medical doctor or an advanced ayurvedic practitioner looking for additional expertise to help your patients this is your chance to bring an ayurvedic physician onto your team and expand what is possible for your patients healing i'm currently offering a one-on-one consultancy program for advanced healthcare professionals who are looking to integrate the holistic approach of ayurveda into their practice as the nature of this coaching program is intense there are very limited seats possible For more details please do check the show notes of this podcast and you can also book a discovery call to see if we are the right match to benefit from this program In this episode we have Lavneet Batra a holistic nutritionist with us and we will discuss where we miss the bus when it comes to healthy eating and it goes beyond the calorie centric and weight loss approach Lavneet shares her insights on how to assess your unique strengths and understand your starting point to create a holistic nutritional plan hope you enjoy this episode and now we go over to lavneet patra namaste lavneet so happy to have you in my podcast i had with the healing and beyond podcast i namaste. hope you're keeping well it's a pleasure to be here finally i think um, we're going to have some very interesting conversation about healthy eating and holistic healing right Oh yes I'm so excited to hear from finally I have a holistic nutritionist as a part of my podcast and I'm really looking forward for this discussion. <laughs> so uh Lavneet in your experience being a nutritionist I'm sure you know when you say I'm a nutritionist people think you're just giving a diet chart and what this diet chart is going and uh, people come and say can you give me a diet chart but we know nutrition is not just diet it's way beyond than that and it's much more than it's a science and there is a lot of uh, aspects into that it's not just calories it's more to that 
for someone who is new to this concept they think what's there in food i'm eating what i want and some doctors even they just prescribe the medicines and say you eat whatever you want and mm. today we are coming to understand how actually food is a real medicine and uh, and on the other hand now people are public is also getting to know that many of the doctors don't spend that much time in nutrition when they are studying being to become a doctor so on one hand you have the pharmaceutical industry which doesn't have much role on food industry and food industry which doesn't have any connection with pharmaceutical industry yeah so, and we are you know just stuck up with this whole ecosystem and exactly. trying to figure out the solution to our problems and and what i love about your work is you really bridge that gap how nutrition is actually giving you solutions to many of the metabolic disorders that we see and also the also for the leftover patients of modern medicine you know i call myself doctor for the leftover patients being an ayurvedic doctor so when you see how nutrition is helping so in this world how would you your version of narrative for nutrition you're absolutely right uh, here you know talking about food has mostly been or diets nutrition has mostly been seen as with a very calorie centric approach pre pandemic at least uh, people were very concerned mm-hmm. about how much calories are there in a particular food what are the macros is it high in protein or not i hope it is low carb the definition of healthy eating was very very focused on something that will make you lose weight Mm, very exactly. aesthetic based um, uh, approach there you know but i think post pandemic at least there is an increased awareness on of course food is our fuel we all know that but somewhere there is this uh, attitude ki theek hai wo to ho hi jayega you know nobody takes it seriously that okay this is my structured plan and how is it really building up my strength or immunity uh, my overall health so uh what i love about my work is that we really help a person analyze what is their starting point because i feel fitness is very very unique to an individual and so is their health right at what point are they starting so uh, we break it down into a very detailed assessment so starting with you know we have this acronym abcd for it so anthropometrics that do you know where do you stand in terms of your anthropometrics not just weight weight mm-hmm. will give you one direction but to give things in perspective i think 1 uh, kilo of cotton and 1 kilo of iron might be the same weight they are not the same thing so we help people go beyond their weight so understanding your waist waist to hip ratio understanding your fat composition fat percentage understanding your muscle mass your bone density and where does that stand with your overall weight you know so that is one aspect to it the analysis that we do for a person then the second is biochemical that we of course we run some blood work and understand that what's really going on inside the body based on the third aspect the clinical aspect uh, the signs and symptoms that they would complain about loss of energy feeling fatigued hair fall skin because we work in a holistic way towards understanding what should be their personal goals what should mm. be the starting point and then lastly we do a detailed dietary assessment what are they currently eating on a regular basis um we try not to isolate their diet from their life so unless and until we have a very clear understanding of how food works in their current ecosystem how often are they traveling how often are they eating out um then we come up with a dietary ass- assessment and explain them 
that listen this is where you're falling short these are your strengths these are your weakness mm -hmm. and then based on these four parameters we come up with uh, goals that are measurable mm -hmm. that we can set up realistic goals and then move forward from there <laughs> oh that's a very comprehensive and i really appreciate that you talk about the waist hip ratio like when patients come to sitaram for ayurveda treatments and say i want to lose weight and I ask them you know losing weight can have many uh, cause i mean you could lose weight in many different ways but when usually when people say i want to lose weight what they mean is i want to feel light and fit and i want to fit in the clothes that i feel comfortable that's what actually they mean you could lose weight by depriving you could lose weight by starving yourself for a long period but then it's going to rebound effect and all of that things so th there's a whole comprehensive and a scientific approach and thanks for clarifying that it really makes a huge importance and um lovely this calorie thing you know why are we so obsessed with calorie and people say all calories are not the same yeah so yeah. could you give your from the horse's mouth we would like to hear so calorie is a unit of energy right yes now energy is not a bad thing if we think about it now talking about metabolism and energy something that is very interesting is i would i try to explain to people in the simplest form possible without involving too many biochemical reactions is that think about it like this that fat is energy so, so stored in your body hmm. yeah? and you, what you want to do is increase your metabolism which means you want to unlock this energy you want to utilize yes. energy versus storing energy it has not a lot to do with just the number of calories it mm -hmm. has to do with the nutrients the calorie where it is coming from the overall composition of that food whether it's inflammatory acidic ash what is it doing in your body what kind of environment it is creating which makes your body decide whether it's going to mm -hmm. store energy or utilize energy mm -hmm. so you want to shift from a system of uh not eat so most people i see actually these days don't eat enough i actually make them eat more they're you know eating uh, in volume at least more in variety at least more maybe earlier they were eating two meals and the variety would be the same thing again and again and very acidic ash foods so coming back to the concept of calorie i think again just like weight it gives you a certain direction that okay how much energy are you going to get this from, from this food but your food combination what time you're eating that food based on your sleep based on your activity based on your uh, appetite these factors will determine how your body utilizes it so mm -hmm. that's why again that analysis is very important for a person so for example uh, many many people would tell me that you know i i eat uh, rice and i gain weight but they don't understand that eating rice with say uh, eating rice outside in a uh, preparation that is stale and full of sauces is different versus eating dal chawal with ghee at home is different uh, so the food combination matters a lot what time you're eating it so all of that has to put into perspective not just calories mm -hmm. understood i think uh, this is exactly mentioned um, that you are not just what you eat you are also how you digest it so and the reason how you digest it, it it has a lot of factors associated with that and and also as you mentioned you know some people fat is you need to unlock that energy so 
fat is you know having your lot of money in your account but you forgot the pin code for your atm so yeah. you have it a lot but you don't know how to use it you don't know you are not able to enjoy that energy reserve in your body absolutely absolutely and uh, i think that's why many people they end up eating the wrong combinations they don't feel energetic they are complaining that i'm only on 700 800 calorie diet how is it possible i'm still not losing weight you know mm-hmm. which we call there is a metabolic disorder you're not able to you need to stabilize your hormones work on your gut health really create that environment that helps you know in uh, that energy utilization mm-hmm. so i mean in in general most of the people who would be approaching you Uh, will be you know majority of them will be having a metabolic disorder i'm presuming and uh, they want to lose weight and they, because that's not something you can solve by taking a pill so they need to change their lifestyle they need to change their diet so where would you start someone who complains uh, i am finding it super difficult to lose weight maybe there are times when i don't eat much compared to how others eat maybe thrice or four times more than i eat but still uh, for me i find it super difficult so in such a person who comes with this uh, puzzle that is so hard where do you start with them and what would be what would you how would you prepare them no it's not just because you whatever you tried so far didn't work i'm sure there's something else you need to try and that's why they are trying to approach you so how would you start with them so based on the assessment uh, some things there's always a pattern that we see that people who are not able to lose weight and have mes- metabolic disorder uh, there is a history of insulin resistance there's a history of high mm. stress levels in the body high cortisol levels or hormonal imbalance uh, in so in most of these cases of course we try to first the foundation starts from their sleep so we tell them that restful sleep with fixed timings is very important i know uh, i think uh, sadly we live in an environment where you know things that should have been just part of our life naturally are luxury these days mm-hmm. many people will complain that how is it possible that i don't look at a screen before sleeping or how do i how do i really sleep at so say 10 11 o'clock so what i tell them is okay i understand that with this current uh, lifestyle you're not able to sleep with the sun sun uh, set sunrise rhythm but at least fix your sleep timings because that really really helps your endocrine system that really helps in setting up the right repair uh, metabolic pathways that will be the foundation for making sure that you're able to unlock that energy when you are active and restful sleep i think not just clocking in a certain hours of sleep but ensuring that you're not waking up again and again when you wake up in the morning you wake up feeling fresh and you're looking forward to the day rather than you know snoozing the alarm and waiting mm-hmm. 10 minutes in the bed 10 more minutes in the bed so sleep is definitely very very important to set up that right endocrine uh, environment and then we focus on also the right gut health i feel sadly mm-hmm. because of the food supply chain that we uh, that currently exists uh, most of us are inhaling ingesting toxins every single day right mm. and so first to remove the triggers to understand uh, what are the gut issues if a person is facing bloating constipation uh, acidity and remove the trigger foods it could be wheat for some people it could be dairy for some people it could be uh, sugar you know caffeine too much excessive caffeine alcohol so inflammatory foods with the trigger foods and then setting up um, again based on their symptoms setting up the right anti inflammatory food rituals 
uh, morning rituals, bedtime rituals uh, that help a person sort of just uh, at a loss of better word, sort of detox. So what, mm-hmm. what I mean by detox is giving their body, their cells rest, because if their body, the cells have the rest that they need, then they'll automatically get rid of the toxins. So not giving foods that are difficult to digest, that will stress the liver health because liver is the main, um, you know, center where most of the metabolism is happening. Mm. So uh, aiding the liver health, again, you know, in most cases, we can correlate that SGPT, SGOT would be high. Um, So based on patient to patient, then we create those, um, um, the the nutrient supplementation. Mm So when I'm sure I want to come back to micronutrient deficiency, that's another thing that I would like to discuss. Sometimes that can also lead to many other issues. So uh, in today's world, is there any someone coming for weight loss? And I'm sure they would have tried no carb diet and they're complaining, I'm feeling super tired. I don't know what to do with that. Uh, so that's one thing I'm sure you must have already seen. They would have already tried, don't eat carbs and they would not eat carbs. And they see that weight loss is happening, but they're feeling super tired and they're, they're not able to focus. They feel like lightheaded. They don't know what to do with that. So what is the approach? What is the first few steps a person needs to take into consideration with nutrition when it comes to weight loss? Of course, lifestyle, sleep, all of this plays a role. Correcting the adrenals plays a role. So with the food? For weight loss, what I think, and I would really uh, encourage everybody to have this perspective that even if with a diet, be it Atkins that is high protein or keto that is high fat, you're able to lose say 30 kilos. Hmm. And then you're like, okay, now I'm at my goal weight. But if you feel lost after achieving your goal, and then you're thinking that now, how do I live my life? You know? Do I eat just fat all my life or protein all my life? Forget about the side effects of it. We're not even talking about that. The practicality of these diets, sustainability of these diets is not viable, number one. Mm-hmm. So what we do, what I try to tell a person is, try to understand that what time they are up with their appetite, what time they're most hungry, what time they're feeling loss of energy. I feel when we talk about weight loss diet, of course, macro ratio makes a very, very huge impact. And I feel what works very well for most people is keeping carb to at least somewhere between 45 to 60%. Again, depending from person to person, their activity levels. Protein, somewhere between 1.5 to 1.7 grams per kg idle body weight. So a lot of people will weigh themselves and just multiply their weight by say 1.5 or 1.7. Don't do that. Uh, for a height, say if you are 5'2, five 5'3, five then your idle body weight will somewhere be between 52 to 55 in that mm-hmm. range. So you use that range to understand your protein needs and have that much protein. And then the rest of the calorie is about 20, 30% of calories to come from healthy fats. Mm-hmm. But how we sort of distribute this is really based on their activity levels, uh, their gut health, how energetic they are feeling and uh, uh, how, what time they're most hungry. Because I feel most people don't understand this, that one carb of, uh, one gram of carb and one gram of protein will give you the same amount of calories, four kilocalories. But they have very different role to play in the body. And exactly. we've seen this for many people who go on low carb, high protein diet, that their body gets into this 
deamination zone where you know the protein molecule and carbohydrate molecule is very similar except for that nitrogen atom so it gets rid of the nitrogen and then it's just converting protein into carb or if you are having too much protein it's not that your body is going to make more muscle it's going to store that protein also as fat because energy storage is in form of fat whether the high the energy um, the, the excess energy is coming from carb or protein or fat so you should not stress your system like that uh, understand definitely calories also have a role to play there but uh, start with sleep make sure your your acti- activity levels are good and uh, have a balanced approach keeping your appetite in place and you will lose weight i think uh, when it comes to weight loss many people have this phobia of being a certain number or you know they have that obsession that of checking weight every day that okay i started my diet so in 10 days why am i not losing weight like you need to understand that if for 20 years you did something have patience to sort of you know exactly yourself <laughs> through these at least few months experience the effect it will give your body rather than just being obsessed about that you know as soon as you get up you clear your stomach and you want to just weigh and be a certain number i think that obsession is also not helpful at all i can imagine i think the, that's one of the first things i also tell my patients uh, see weight loss if you're going to be sometimes you know patients come and say doctor i have this wedding happening in 2 weeks and i want to lose as much as possible so then i tell them if you do that you know maybe you will starve yourself and you might overwork out and then say i want to do as many detox therapies as required and then when the wedding happens you'll eat with both hands and it'll all come back and that's going to last with you much longer than before so yeah. never go for this time and take time make time as your ally in this that's the only way we can go so i think patient mindset is one of the first things we need to educate them absolutely and i think somewhere they need that hand holding and confidence that yeah, exactly. okay if you're not seeing the numbers dropping uh, you would see the difference in your inches in your energy levels the quality of your sleep the quality of your mood and i think what a lot of people don't realize talking about metabolism is that when you go on starvation diets your body actually uh, decreases its metabolism you know mm. to keep up with the low calorie intake and you're right then when you start eating at a lower metabolism you tend to gain more weight exactly. and that's why a lot of people would be like you know i lose weight but then i when i gain i gain so much more and it's more difficult to lose that weight because when you lose you don't lose 100% fat weight you definitely mm. lose some muscle weight but when you gain back and when you're not working out you gain most of it as fat so it's decreased metabolism exactly i think that's why i mean i'm so happy that now you know in nutrition also we are emphasizing the importance of good sleep because once the sleep is there your ability of the body to metabolize it just goes to the next level yeah yeah definitely and i feel But, even if you reach a certain way i don't wait whatever it is for a person 48 50 52 60 if you don't feel good and happy and looking forward to doing things and you're always complaining of body pain and constipation what good is that weight loss mm, exactly that's that's you have nailed it i mean it's like having all the money but you're not healthy you don't have time and you're by yourself <laughs> you need to have all of it that's what the whole concept is so lovely when it comes to bloating and constipation now that you mentioned this 
is there any recommendations that you give from a nutritional perspective so bloating these days i think we, it's more common than than ever and it it is a sign of indigestion it could be because you're eating foods that your gut is now sensitive to is has become intolerant to uh, because of various reasons it could be because of sibo uh, small mm. intestinal bacteria, bacteria lower growth Uh, it could be because of dysbiosis, not having enough good bacteria in the system, uh, maybe because of medication, because of stress, and you know our emotional health directly affects our gut health and vice versa. So okay. if you feel anxious very easily, and um, you know that will definitely have an impact on your gut health also. But what I suggest to people who uh, are experiencing bloating. Um, just bloating we'll talk about constipation later is have foods that are very easy to digest so a routine where you start your day with coconut oil uh, with warm water uh, start your day with a probiotic could be yogurt followed by a fruit uh, seasonal fruit followed by khichdi that has been prepared in ghee uh, don't use vegetable oils if you're uh, feeling bloated Uh, avoid raw foods except for fruits too much because otherwise raw foods are good but because you're bloated you wouldn't be able to digest them very well so vegetables that are crunchy uh, either you chew them really well or make sure that you're having soft cooked vegetables like ghee tori tinda so these are easier to digest and repeat the same routine for dinner although it's very monotonous in just a couple of days it will give your body certain uh, the rest that it needs to uh, digest the food that you eat later better now what to avoid if you're getting bloated that classic combination many people use to lose weight grilled chicken vegetables just protein vegetables mm. at night then alcohol smoking uh, excessive caffeine uh, eating too fast not eating mindfully because somewhere you're not even letting your body digest and assimilate the food that you're eating properly mixing too many foods together i feel you know now that more everything is definitely more <laughs> you want to just eat everything yeah, mm. everybody's going out now after pandemic i feel mixing of too many foods together is such a disaster for your gut health uh, enjoy the food that you're eating but stick to few foods at a particular foods, time exactly segregation is so important we segregate for everything including waste including laundry but when it comes to food we think everything we can put it all at once <laughs> yeah yeah i think again stress plays such an important role because most people i consult they don't want to eat they are at office they don't want to eat anything all day they are like we can kill our appetite there and they are having tea coffee tea coffee tea coffee all day and then as soon as they reach home or finish work whatever comes their way they will eat it mm-hmm. so how do you expect your appetite for bloating to go away if you keep doing this that's so true so if you can't take 20 minutes out for your meals then i don't know if i can help you you know mm-hmm. i mean that's such a important point and sometimes people what they do they just take some cookies they they don't have breakfast they don't have lunch maybe some coffee cookies and some snacks which will be rich with sugar and processed stuff and then at night whatever comes they eat with both their hands and then they feel why am i still not losing weight i don't eat much Yeah. but that food is staying longer in the body than the other food so routine plays an important role eating regularly with good wholesomeness they that plays an important role 
So coming, uh, how about the micronutrient deficiency? Do you see a micronutrient deficiency in the patients? And what, how do you, with the food, how do you help them? So, of course, with micronutrient deficiency, especially, you know, I think for um, for Indians, most people are, forget about micro, people are also deficient with protein, right? Uh, yeah, we talk yeah. about the general population. In micro, many people are deficient of vitamin D, B12, B vitamins in general, B6, B3. So if they're experiencing fatigue, then they might be deficient in either iron or magnesium or D3 or B12 or B6 uh, protein or dehydrated. So I feel it's important to analyze uh, the blood work and the cluster of symptoms that they are experiencing. Like if they have excessive sugar cravings, it could be because of magnesium deficiency, chromium deficiency, um, not having enough protein or fat in the body. Um, sugar is also very addictive. So it's just a behavior, you know, the insulin is high and then you're always craving sugar. So I feel it's important to understand what are the symptoms and then treat with micronutrient. I feel these days supplements have just taken over our Good. kitchen cabinets also. So I feel it's important to first establish the right foundation uh, with food because if you're not eating the right food the supplements will also not work they will actually mm. create toxicity in the system so don't take multivitamins uh, just without really uh, talking to your doctor or nutritionist because i feel uh, after the pandemic especially people are just overusing these supplements without understanding what do they really need Hmm. you know and they are not completely harmless i know it's not prescribed and they're over the counter but that doesn't give them like a free pass to just use it as take they it whenever use. you want exactly yeah yeah and among the micronutrients which one do you feel people are deficient mostly these days vitamin d and b12 for sure b12. Hmm. these are the two things that you highly recommend I mean, to making sure that we get it from the from the food and other things, okay. Because vitamin D, it's difficult to get through food. You can get it through yeah, yeah. exposure, but most of us are either uh, completely, you know, of course, you're wearing sunscreen or you're, uh, you know, you don't have direct exposure to sunlight. Um, very few foods actually provide vitamin D. And for B12 also, the sources are limited and also B12 deficiency is happening more and more because of gut health issues. That if your gut health, if there's more acidic ash in the system and you're eating out a lot, you're having a lot of fizzy drinks, diet sodas, artificial sweeteners, your body will not assimilate B vitamins well. Uh, and especially if you have dysbiosis. Uh, so uh, there the supplementation really helps. Okay. In such situations, definitely you recommend supplementation. Supplements, yes. Lavaniji, another thing about I'm sure you must have seen women with anemia, you know, lack of iron. It's not that they are lacking iron. Maybe uh, it's not that the food is lacking iron. Maybe the ability to absorb iron is also missing. Yeah. yeah. Such situation, uh, what would be your approach in helping them? So if we are giving iron supplementation, we make sure it's with B12, vitamin B12, because if they are deficient in B12, that will also impair their iron uh, utilization. Ability to absorb. Yeah, and vitamin C with the iron supplement and folic acid. Mm -hmm. This helps with better um, absorption. iron absorption and limiting the use of tea coffee because that will hinder their absorption. So mm. the tannins present there doesn't let the iron absorb too well. 
and making sure that you are having iron rich foods also like it could be amaranth it could in winters it could be the greens uh, although those are non heme sources but still it adds up uh, chana lotus stem uh, figs uh, dates beetroot so make sure you are you are making you are having a good variety of iron rich foods through the diet as well mm-hmm. i think by adding these itself uh, you know it to be better supplement than taking these constipation inducing iron tablets in many people yeah and that leading to other issues absolutely and uh, how about the how important is timing of the food sorry i i didn't get how you. how important is the timing of the time i mean the time that we eat timing is everything even with the food mm. um just like i mentioned uh, you know that example uh, with the other food combinations i'll you know many people work out and mm. then they miss out on refueling or before workout pre fueling and mm. uh, then i i feel so sad because many people don't understand that if you don't time your fuel right especially if you're working out uh your body will not recover well so like mm-hmm. timing when you're working out make sure you're not missing that 15 to 30 minute window post workout to have your uh, proteins and similarly i think uh, uh, being in tuned with your appetite is everything you know eat as mm-hmm. per your appetite and when you are feeling hungry and just stabilize that time that's all is needed that's so true and the hunger and craving some people how do you differentiate that and how do you how would you what would you advise be for someone who's having cravings i think cravings are very specific to a certain food uh, mm. hunger per se you want to eat something but when it comes to craving it's very specific like my some of my patients are as specific as you know brand of a particular food item that <laughs> <laughs> so it's very very specific and that's where you know it's coming either from an addiction or it's it's coming because of the type of food that we are eating now if we look at a regular food label so many names you will not even recognize as food that's what is giving mm-hmm. you that addiction that's what is giving you that craving a very common example is having diet sodas artificial sweeteners they increase your craving for sugar they increase your craving for the same exact product that you want to have i don't want to name the brand names but you know this mm-hmm. and this particular diet soda only so i feel it's those chemicals in the system that will give you more craving so you have to delete the triggers for sure mm-hmm. and how do you differentiate it from hunger because hunger comes with a certain physiological signs as well you start mm-hmm. feeling dizzy there might be drop in blood sugar levels blood pressure and there are physiological symptoms associated as opposed to cravings that are uh, that create more mood related problems irritability and mm-hmm. you know not feeling up to it and really craving a particular food Oh, that's such a profound answer to the. I mean, that really clarifies a lot. So let's say I am having this particular brand of diet soda, and I am getting addicted to that cravings. So how can I come out of it in an effortless manner? Oh, I mean, I don't know if an effortless way is possible, but how would you guide them? It it is an addiction, definitely. I think first you have to find a a substitute that is closer to it. So you know, I don't know. For some people, sparkling water does it. It has the same mm-hmm. fizz, but it doesn't have the chemicals. Uh, Nimbu soda does the same thing. Uh, and then uh, you know, I feel somewhere there, sugar from natural sources, uh, be it good, be it dates, uh, can give that sweetness, and at least it doesn't create the same amount of addiction. Uh, as opposed to artificial sweeteners or side effects now more and more research is coming out that uh, 
even between sugar and artificial sweeteners, the two evils, if you have to pick, uh, you know, pick a sh sugar rather than artificial sweetener, because if you think about it, one teaspoon of sugar will give you five grams of carbs. I do understand the inflammation it comes with. I'm just comparing the two evils here. You know, I feel a lot of people think that by having an artificial sweetener, at least they're skipping the calories or they're skipping the sugar, but they don't understand that they're actually creating more addiction, higher level of insulin resistance and dysbiosis. Again, the lack of good bacteria in our system can lead to another cluster of metabolic disorders, which you don't want. Mm -hmm. I think that's where the whole, I mean, so how do I understand? I mean, when I check a food label of, let's say some diet soda, what will be the ingredient that I Sugar alcohol, so they will have aspartame, sorbitol, uh, sugar alcohols, um, just to start with. And uh, I feel not just with diet sodas, I feel now companies are getting more and more like smarter about using certain names. Different names for the sugar, yes. Yeah, sugar. So anything uh, ending with O-S-E is, yeah, is, uh, is, is another form of sugar. Uh, addiction. And certain types could be worse, you know, fructose and high fructose corn syrup, all those can have worse impact than just, so I feel, and even the quantity, right? Like uh, mm -hmm. one, one cup of regular soda would have uh, eight teaspoons of sugar in it. But if you're having a nimbu pani that's made at home, how much will you put? One teaspoon, exactly. two teaspoons, and you'll be satisfied with it. That's so true. And um, so, Lavniji, I mean, once I understand, I'm sure you get a lot of patients with thyroid yeah. uh, aspects. I mean, this is also highly related with weight imbalance, metabolic disorders, sleep deprivation, uh, adrenal fatigue. So somebody comes with a, th now, nowadays the word thyroid itself means it's like a disease, even though it's just the name of an organ. But yeah. what would be your suggestion for that? Uh, somebody, let's say they are taking uh, L-theroxine and they want to come out of it. From a nutritional perspective, what would be the way out you would recommend for them? Uh, in fact, nutrition and diet, a good uh, therapeutic diet can really help a person uh, revive their thyroid health. And Fantastic. here we actually use a, a therapy that makes sure that uh, the patient gets enough iodine, zinc, magnesium, omega-3, the healthy fats, and B vitamins. For thyroid mm. patient, uh, one thing that they must understand is they can't overdo on caffeine. They have to eliminate mm -hmm. uh, stronger sources of caffeine like coffee. They mm. have to eliminate, uh, of course, diet sodas because, again, to do with the metabolic health. And uh, they cannot eliminate carbs because mm. whole grains are uh, one of the richest of B vitamins. And very important because the research now says that thyroid patient who don't have enough carbs. That's why I mentioned that 60 to 45% range of carbohydrates and thyroid patients are actually uh, falling under the category that would need higher percentage of carbs coming from whole grains, uh, vegetables and fruits, because that helps the thyroid gland revive out of the stress. Uh, mm. There's certain foods that really help coconut, coconut milk, sabza seeds. Um, so we definitely add those functional foods as well. Uh, mm. Lentils help a lot. Again, they're rich in zinc and magnesium both. Uh, Iodine-rich foods are added. Uh, homemade yogurt comes under that category. So I feel when it comes to the thyroid health, you know, many people, it's very easy uh, to follow certain uh, 
labels that carb free mm-hmm. gluten free dairy free but i feel it is it's it's so unfair because it really one size does not fit all fit all and okay. i have seen thyroid patients suffer more because they are not able to lose weight they delete carb they delete dairy completely and then they are like i don't know what they going to a downward spiral yes yeah so there definitely needs to be a holistic approach uh, and I, i i really appreciate the supplementation that you're talking about and eliminating caffeine sometimes they would be into alcohol sometimes they would be into a uh, lot of stuff that you know it, once yeah, they come out I mean, of that i mean how can you blame them they see a video mm-hmm. on social media have coffee first thing in the morning it'll help you f- burn fat they are tempted <laughs> to do it you know exactly because they are looking for any suggestion that's going to help them any one quick fix you know exactly. i i don't like these uh, so called viral videos there is no one quick fix for a you know for a long term healthy approach like how can you expect you do whatever you want all day and just have one thing this in the morning uh, and it will fix your problem no it doesn't work like mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. i think uh, one of the doctors the, that i met he was making today we have a lot of doctors graduated from whatsapp university <laughs> because they learn from that and they give advice and they make things worse so it's very important you go and approach a real uh, holistic practitioner who knows to take you the hand holding that's the important word here i think yeah yeah absolutely so that's such a fantastic wealth of information lovnit i mean the way that you have comprehended and taken the lifestyle the stress levels the routine uh, actually it's all right under our nose but we got so lost in our evolutionary technological development so we are going getting back to the roots is like the biggest luxury these days yeah yeah <laughs> but uh, i hope it changes and um, i i had a wonderful time today so thank you so much for for this great conversation <laughs> I, i mean where do you see nutrition forward i mean where do you see the part of nutrition in the future of healthcare because i see i'm convinced it is like going to be the 50 to 60% of the metabolic disorders can only be solved with the right approach with nutrition but i would like to hear your perspective on when you see your patients with your experiences with the feedbacks that you're getting it's very humbling i think when you see a person who has a very severe uh, metabolic or you know a disease such as maybe it could be autoimmune or healing from cancer and by eating right once the reports are uh, looking just so different and so much better i think there is no bigger um, satisfaction when you see that and i think that is what gives me confidence uh that uh, nutrition has such an important role to play i just hope more and more doctors are also trusting this uh, field and the professionals in this field more uh to create the right kind of patient education um have, we have seen that with covid as well that you know people who had severe covid if they didn't take care of their food um they had such bad they had much worse symptoms you know so research in every field is sh- showing that uh, whether you are struggling with few kilos of weight or you are uh, battling a very serious uh, disease you just cannot ignore what you eat okay, it's exactly. it's just something that we cannot afford and uh, if you find somebody who can really simplify it for you in your own uh, food language Uh, which is being followed in your kitchen um 
it's not difficult and you see the results and i think that's exactly. what gives people confidence that's so one last question you know we live in a dining out culture dining out is like one of the best times of eating and yeah. to someone who loves to dine out i mean or some some someone who has a rich travel uh, for their work there's no other way they have to travel a lot so they tend to eat outside what would be your suggestion for them i mean for them cooking at home will be difficult in such a situation when they go to restaurants that's a tough nut but how do you handle that it can be handled i feel uh, again you know main meals definitely you'll be eating at a sit down restaurant but mm-hmm. breakfast is something that you can still uh, really you know uh, create Manage. a more uh, healthier uh, combination be it with boiled eggs or fruit or uh, you know plain yogurt at least it's better than the other options mid meals at least you can uh, munch on soaked nuts um, your fresh fruits fresh vegetables and then for main meals when it comes to main meals make sure you you start your food with vegetables i think these days even with hospitality they are quite good with customizing your meals start your meal with a vegetable serving be it sorted vegetables not soups because they are high in sauces and salt uh, low salt vegetables um and that really affects the way our body is going to utilize what's coming next now mm. vegetables are also slow foods so they help our us feel fuller they signal uh, the brain signals faster that okay you know there is enough fuel as opposed to starting with a starch so if you start with a bread roll or papads that is going to make you eat more and it's mm. going to really change the way your body utilizes the upcoming fat or protein so you would see at restaurants mm. there's always a bread basket or papad that actually is there for a reason because it makes you eat more exactly the starch makes you eat more and then follow a ratio like i feel in every cuisine you can uh, get a healthy protein whether you're vegetarian or non-vegetarian uh, pick a carb that is wholesome so avoid mm-hmm. maida completely you can always go for rice you don't mm-hmm. have to look for quinoas and millets always rice is always easily available with every cuisine outside also but if millet and quinoa is available that would be your first choice it can be if okay. again depending on the combination what you are aiming okay. for so if you're having rice and protein in the same ratio and loading up on lots of vegetables that's still much better uh, what most people end up doing is they f- they have high gravies they have high refined carbs and they ignore the vegetable completely you know mm-hmm. the vegetable mm-hmm. probably would be potato in most cases so that is that combination itself is uh, not the best and mm-hmm. this is only for from eat out point of view but uh, if you're traveling uh, this is what i think would be helpful but if you are somebody who likes to socialize a lot and you're eating out but you're not i mean you're not traveling then maintain a ratio of 80-20 that if you have mm-hmm. one meal outside then make sure that the next four are home cooked meals oh, home cooked that's a good ratio i think that's something that's very practical if you really want to stay healthy yes yes thank you so much lavani ji and i would definitely you. put your details and just to ask how can people get in touch with you for their consultations and how can people reach out more to you for your resources uh you can reach me on my instagram handle lavneet b also mm-hmm. on my webpage nutritionbylavneet.com mhm oh, that's fantastic so i will put this in our uh social i mean the show notes of the podcast and i'm sure many people will be benefiting from your resources thank, thank you, you so much lavneet thank you thank you lovely talking to you today thank you for listening to ayurvedic healing and beyond 
If you loved and enjoyed this podcast, please do subscribe, share and review us. This helps to spread our mission of guiding humanity to becoming their healthiest self and also giving the right resources for holistic healing. If you wish to know more about my work, please do visit www.vigneshdevraj.com. And if you are interested in doing an Ayurveda treatment or authentic panchakarma therapy, please log on to www.sitaramretreat.com.